Welcome in to a special episode of Home Field Advantage. Hope you're all having a great start to your weekend. It is NFL Wild Card Weekend, as we like to call it. Not used to that in these parts, uh, except for the last few years. Um, so we'll dive into it, and I'm happy to do so alongside Kyle Diesel. You know him as the pride of Pittsburgh, Vermont, alongside his neighbor in the Green Mountain State, Cameron Kesa. Guys, welcome in. Happy to have you. It's the best time of the year. Agreed. Agreed. Time for some. All right. And time for guys, some. And guys, you know, Cam, maybe maybe we'll start with you on this because I know you're going to come out firing. Um, <laughs> Always. It was a pretty, like, slow week, right? Like, there was not a lot of coaching changes at all this week. You know, there was... Man, I need to up my medication to keep up with this week, Will. I'm telling you what. We have arguably seen, at least in my opinion, the three most successful football coaches of at least the last decade and a half potentially longer in the case of coach Belichick, coach Saban and coach Pete Carroll, all either moving on or retiring from their respective clubs. So yeah, it was definitely, it's definitely been quite a week. Kyle, what about you? What's, um, what's your assessment on the, uh, on the week? Obviously, as Cam pointed out, you have the retirements of Saban and Pete Carroll sort of, and then, of course, the Bill Belichick news. Were you surprised by any of it? Uh, not really. I mean, it sounded like for our main podcast I was listening to, it wasn't too unexpected, especially for Saban. There was talks after the, before even the championship game of him retiring. Bill, it's just the, the success isn't there in the last few years for him. So it's been kind of abysmal for him. So it's kind of... Uh, Sad to see, but like we all talk about, it's time for an end of an era and beginning of a new one for football in general right now. It's the beginning of a new era starting next year, at least coaching-wise. Yeah, guys, I agree with both of what you said. And the other thing that comes to my mind is like, is this, um, you know, Tuesday morning, or maybe was it Wednesday morning? I'm getting the days are crazy this time of year. I don't even know what day it is. I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday morning, you get the Pete Carroll news, and you're like, Pete Carroll must be thinking, Jace, I mean, the news cycle, you know, Washington, it's a tough week for Washington. You know, they they lose in the national championship game, and then Pete Carroll's like, you know what, you know, I'm just going to add to the news cycle, and then immediately, like six hours later, Nick Saban's like, hold my beer, and drops that news, and so now you're like, okay, this stuff comes in threes. And today I expected some bell check news one way or the other. What I didn't expect was for it to happen at like 7.20 in the morning. Um, but my take on this, guys, is pretty simple. They're, these three are going to be lumped together um, because of the way that they sort of – Saban and Belichick have always been lumped together, I guess, because of their respective success – but these three are going to be lumped together because of their departures within, you know, a 24 hour span. But to me, they're all like sort of three separate things. Cause like Pete Carroll, he's still going to be involved with the Seahawks. He's basically going to be a figurehead. We saw Bill Parcells do that in Miami. We saw Tom Coughlin do it in Jacksonville. It's not unprecedented. Nick Saban. I told a buddy of mine earlier today, he's just going to end up sitting on a beach somewhere in Mobile 
you know, he doesn't have anything left to prove. But I think Bill Belichick, he he's going to find a job. I don't know where. Quickly. Quickly I don't too. know. Yeah, I don't know where. I don't know how long until it's official. Um, you know, because you have to fulfill things like the Rooney Rule and whatnot. But and the postseason hasn't even begun. But I, I think Bill's going to get a job in the NFL soon. Um, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Yeah, I mean, well, for me, I mean, even at this point, a 71-year-old Bill Belichick, we can all agree, you know, Will and I as big Patriot fans, Bill might have lost the fastball the last few years since Brady's departure. But even 85 80% of Bill Belichick is as a coach is the best coaching prospect at the open market, potentially in this century. Even at this point still, you're telling me franchises like Atlanta – and the Chargers and the, um, the Panthers, the Commanders, all of those franchises would love to have Bill Belichick. And I firmly believe he'll be highly touted and he'll be highly chased and sought after. And when it comes down to it, for me, I don't want to you know get into a guessing game, but to me, Washington makes too much sense. Um, yeah. If I was Bill, I'd be headed out to L.A. myself with, for Justin Herbert. But with the whole uh, military connection uh, with Washington, I just feel he'll end up there. So that's my piece on that. Yeah, I, I agree about the Washington being an Annapolis guy growing up in that part of uh, the country, but with his dad and all that before ending up in New England at in high school. And that's how he kind of had the New England connection prior to or the Northeast connection. Kyle, do you think Belichick – will mandate that he has full roster control at his next stop? No, I think he'll I think he'll be more open to giving out to you others. Think? I think so. I think he's starting to learn that like he can't hold on to everything at this point right now. Times are starting to change a bit. But I I want to switch gears here. Maybe he doesn't go back to football. Maybe maybe he goes back and does some lacrosse. Goes and coaches <laughs> some lacrosse, relax a little bit. You get hit in the head. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, I I wouldn't even – Belichick is so unpredictable, guys. Like, I I do think he's married to football. That's why I tend to agree more with Cam that he's going to go for an NFL job. But he is sort of an off-the-wall dude. Um, he doesn't really – he's unpredictable. Uh, and what we know by he's unpredictable is some of the things that made his tenure in New England come to a close so fast, Right choosing Matt Patricia to be his offensive coordinator, letting go of Tom Brady. Um, These are all things that are sort of unheard of or were prior to them happening. Um, But here's where I think it could be get weird for Bill. He could just say, you know, I'm just going to go hang out with Saban on a beach somewhere and we're going to, you know, have cocktails and tell stories about the glory days. And he might walk away or, yeah, I know you don't see it, but it's a possibility when you're 73 years old and you've done something for 50 years. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a likely possibility in my opinion, but it is a possibility. The other thing I'll point out guys. Oh, go ahead, Cam. I was just going to say, you know, again, you know, I've been a big bill, big Bill Belichick fan. I've read every book he's written. I've, Research every part of his life. 
he's been around. He's been in some kind of locker room since he was six, seven, eight years old, whether it's at the Naval Academy or with his father on scouting trips. I just don't see him packing it in. And especially when the fact that I still think he can be a very competent and above average top echelon head coach in this league. I feel, and this is just getting into, you know, guesses maybe to an extent, he wants to win one without Tom. I think that matters. Well, you address the elephant in the room. He wants to win without Tom left the first year. Tom, excuse me. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl year one without Bill. I don't care what Bill or anybody says. Human nature says that guy can do it. So can I. So that, that's where I'm at with that. I think he could have just retired. Well, if that was the theory, he could have just retired with Bob Kraft this morning right now. But he that's didn't. That's true. Because he's got call. a lot more to do. Good call. That's, no, that's, that's fair. Just, that's just, fair. I'm know, just throwing it out there. Yeah. I know. And again, and getting back to what Diesel said real quick, I think Bill's going to have to do it his way. You look at his whole career. He didn't take the Jets job because they didn't give him the full control. He left Cleveland because of the full, he didn't get full control there either to an extent. He's had full control in New England virtually for 24 years. And with all these struggling franchises, Arthur Blank or Tepper or Spanos, whoever, will give him full control. Maybe somebody like a Casario type of guy will come in to help. But nobody at this point is telling Bill Belichick who to cut and who to trade for and who to draft at this point. I don't see that happening. Okay. Okay. All right. I get, I get that. A lot, I get a that. lot there, I know, but yeah. In Kyle's nodding, you may have convinced him. For just, those of just, you who are listening, not watching, you may have convinced Kyle. Just a little bit, but I'm just looking at current successful franchises right now that are currently sharing the hold. Having the most success right now is sharing. Yeah. Well, the right. But you, can't but you have to look at it this way. Sorry. You have to look at it this way. What's successful? Bill is stubborn. He's shown right. that. Yes. What is quote-unquote successful to others doesn't matter to Bill Belichick. In, in Bill's mind, he's a very arrogant person, Without obviously not loud and vocal in the media, but his decisions to cut X certain people, cutting Laura Malloy, trading away Tom Brady – Getting rid well, of he didn't trade. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. All right. He didn't trade away way. Tom Brady. He always does it his way. Yeah. He I that mean, was Tom Brady had it in his contract. No, he let Tom Brady to leave on his own if he desired to, go. which he did. The, the way they handled the team, let him go. Right. I know what you mean. Bottom line, he's done it his way. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I think we're splitting awesome. hairs a little bit. He's done it his way. He'll continue to do it his way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're splitting yeah. hairs a little bit, but my my other point on this in terms of the control is, and to Kyle's point, if he can't find a place where he has full control, because David Tepper is an idiot, he poured a drink on somebody, all right? The Washington owners don't know what they want to call their team, all right? Uh, the, the Chargers, you, you can take the Chargers out of San Diego, but you can't take the San Diego out of the Chargers, all right? These franchises are do not have Bob Kraft as an owner, okay, number one. So they might not be willing to do this, or on the very vast extreme, they might be so desperate, as you and I talked about before, Cam, to make a splash that, they're saying, yep. that they say to Bill Belichick, you can do whatever the hell you want with my team as long as you're in the building. So who the hell knows? My, I guess my, my last Patriots-related point to this, and I'm going to hammer this home, for all the people that were 
arguing that he should be fired all year. I came around on that. I think I was on the fire build train for maybe a week and a half. Go back and listen to the tape. But I came around on this because you have to have a plan in place. And the Patriots, like when the Rams, they fired Jeff Fisher, right, Kyle? You know this? Correct. They had a plan in place, right? Their plan was we're going to go younger. We're going to get a guy who's nobody's heard of with no baggage. The Patriots, it sounds like their plan is to elevate Gerard Mayo. I like Gerard Mayo, but is that really a plan? Because he's going to have a lot of baggage left over from this whole Belichick regime. And there's a lot of people in the building that are going to still, you know, who? what's his staff going to look like? Is he going to be able to retain anybody? These are some question marks um, for that. So my, my only caution is if you're going to move on from a great coach, I still think he's greater with Tom Brady. But if you're going to move on from a great coach, you have to have a replacement plan because they did not have a Tom Brady replacement plan at quarterback. They did not. Mm-hmm. Well said. All right. So well said. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any before we move on from the coaching, do you have any guesses who's going to coach the Patriots, the Seahawks, or Alabama before we move on completely? Cam, I'll start with you. Okay, I'll take my shot with. Uh, Alabama and New England because I'm not really sure in Seattle to be honest. Uh, Alabama just I just feel that Steve Sarkeesian is going to be the guy there. Makes too much sense for me, and uh, just the Alabama offensive coordinator, a state very you know very much a saving guy. Bama would love him. That's that's my guess there. Backup option for Bama. Um, would probably be Dabo Sweeney. I know that's a little bit out there, but I just feel like Dabo potentially would be somebody I'd consider for that job. But I'm leaning more towards Sark. Um, and for the Pats, um, I'll do my first, which my dream scenario would be Jim Harbaugh. That's not going to happen. I don't think he's coming. I think if he left, it'd be for the Chargers. Um, Mike Vrabel makes a lot of sense, or Mayo, I feel like, would be the two guys there. Yeah. I, I, okay, those are good picks, Kyle. Ooh, oh, that's tough. I mean, Bama. I gotta go with what Cam said. I, I totally agree with what he said first. Um, I definitely think that's who they're probably gonna go with. Um, Seattle is a big question mark because you really don't have a set team over there. You're basically on a rebuilding phase, and Geno Smith is your quarterback, um, and you really don't have any real true. St- does besides maybe DK, but you've got to still babysit him, I feel like, a little bit. So really got to figure out what they're going to do for that team. Um, for the Patriots, I kind of think they should go take uh, Raheem Morris from the Rams. I think that's a guy they should go after if he wants to go and coach. I really think that's a guy they should go get. All right. I, oh, I don't know a lot about guy. him. Is he an offensive-minded coach or defensive-minded coach? He's our defensive coordinator right now, so definitely defensive first. Yeah, I mean that would I would like new blood. The only thing is I don't think they're gonna give the job to any defensive minded person not named Gerard Mayo or Mike Grable. <laughs> but I, I like yes. the I like the the gravitation toward new blood. Here's my three quick picks for you. Seattle, it's gonna be Dan Quinn. All right. Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator there. He's been a, he's been an NFL head coach. And Dan Quinn um, has been to a Super Bowl, albeit 
as a head coach, not a great one to remember for him. Great one to remember for us, uh, Cam. But uh, I, I think I think I think that's the that's the Seattle play there um, is to do something stable uh, to help usher in this rebuild, like Kyle talked about. Uh, for for the for the Patriots, I'm going to go with Gerard Mayo just because that's where it, where it's leaning. I I personally I would like somebody a little bit more like you, Cam Jim Harbaugh, or somebody a little sexier. Uh, but I like Gerard Mayo as a dude. I, th- I think he's a good leader. Uh, I'm just not sure what the uh, interpersonal relationships will look like, uh, given that he was a part of this coaching staff. And then for Bama, I'm going to go off the wall here. I like the Sark pick. I have a hard hard time th- uh, believing that Texas, with Quinn Ewers coming back, is going to be a place he wants to leave. Um, but we'll see. Uh He's kind of the man in Texas, right? He gets to be his own guy. He brought him to the playoff. Um, I have a hard feeling with Texas going into the SEC that uh, that he'll leave for Bama. But if there's any job he'd leave for, it would be Bama. My Bama pick is uh, is Dan Lanning. Um, I think uh, Dan Lanning in Oregon, he's sort of the favorite I'd, from what I've heard online, quote-unquote. But... He has, a, I think, a $20 million buyout with Oregon. Um, I have a feeling that Alabama would pay him enough over a certain amount of time where that wouldn't mean anything to him uh, to do that, um, to buy himself out of, uh, of uh, excuse me, Oregon. Because um, I think Alabama wants to go young. Another couple other names just to throw out there that I don't think anyone's talking about Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, for any coaching job because of how it sort of ended with Arizona and him just like leaving one day. Um, he's still a hot commodity. He's young. He's fresh. Um, wouldn't rule that out. But either way, if you're going to replace Belichick or Saban, uh, you're going to have huge shoes to fill. And that's the understatement of the year. All right. Speaking of understatements of the year, uh, I'm just going to pull out our picks from September here. The oh, understatement boy. of the year is that we struggled. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we struggled. Um, I don't really know how you want me to do this guys. It, I, I was thinking maybe I just go through, but we start with one conference. So that way it's less confusing. Um, so I, like I, think, I think I'm going to start with the AFC uh, and I'll read what actually happened. And then I will read how we came across it. All right. So how it actually shook shook out was Baltimore was the number one overall seed. Buffalo was two, followed by Kansas City, followed by Houston, followed by wild cards of Cleveland, Miami, and Pittsburgh. Kyle had Kansas City as the number one overall seed. Not a bad pick. We all did. Not no shame there. Uh, he had Cincinnati of obviously the Joe Burrow injury. He was never healthy really at all during the year. Had a lot to do with that. Uh, by the way, Joe Burrow was also the unanimous MVP selection among this trio. Uh, for those of you keeping track at home, uh, we had in third uh, from Kyle. He had the Miami Dolphins, and he had the Jacksonville Jaguars. He. And Cam had the same four division winners, as did I. 
except I had Buffalo winning the AFC East. And just to put that out there, that did happen. You guys were all jazzed up on Miami. Perhaps we'll get to that when we talk about their game. It came right down to it. Yeah. Well, guess what? Miami didn't win, and they had a home game, right? That was a home game? We'll we'll get there. Yeah, they had a home game with the division on the line, and they didn't get it. Um, Because the Miami Tyree kills, excuse me, I mean the Miami Dolphins uh, couldn't get it done. All right, so that's the AFC. We sort of bungled that a little bit. Um, Just to let you guys know, Kyle, for his AFC, went uh, 0-3-3. And what I mean by that is he had zero seeds, 100% correct. But he had three teams that he picked make the playoffs. But then he also had three teams he picked not make the playoffs. Uh, Cam, you went... Uh, one, three, and three. Uh, oh, sorry, Kyle, you had oh, four, and three. You had four teams correctly make the playoffs, um, but not seeded correctly. Cam had the seven seed correct. He had Pittsburgh as a seven seed. That's what happened. <laughs> so nice job, Cam. Uh, he, had Buff- he had Buffalo, Miami, and Kansas City making the playoffs, and they did. Um, but he also had Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and the Los Angeles Chargers in, and they did not make it. Meanwhile, <laughs> myself, I was like Kyle. I had no seeds 100% correct, but I had four teams making the playoffs that did, and I had three that didn't. So we all sort of were a little bit the same here. So the understatement of the century is we bungled the AFC. Now, before I move on to the NFC, does, do you have any thoughts about the way that the season played out in the AFC? Did anything surprise you or did anything, uh, did anything jump out as being uh, so predictable, even amongst a weird year? Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Diesel. Uh, let's talk about the fluke of the Kansas City Chiefs this year so far, how they just don't can't figure out how to play football this year without Tyreek or getting wide receivers. Um, besides Rice, who's actually been improving his game, probably the most shocking team so far, I'd say, in the AFC. Um, big improvements, uh, Houston. I mean, I'm just shocked how they were able to put everything together, especially with C.J. Stroud and their young components. Yet again, this is their first year. Let's see what happens next year. Second year is always the toughest part because everyone's got film afterward. Yeah. It is. It, I mean, look at Mac Jones, right? I mean, uh, let's see, he's a great example. It's always hard. It's easy. Not easy, but it's easy to make a splash, per se, when no one's really expecting you to. It's harder to keep it up when suddenly a lot of people are going to be picking Houston to win the division next year. Mm-hmm. Cam, what about you? What about uh, any AFC predictions or results that surprised you? Well, I'll say... The, the amount of injuries to key players was surprising. Um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Burrow, you know, Justin Herbert to an extent. Well, so that really shook up the playoff field. Yeah. Well, Justin yeah, Herbert's injury really, cost me the fantasy championship, by the way. Or cost me by the, the way, fantasy champion right here. Number one seed. But, uh, yeah. You know, can't all win, Cam. Uh, anyway. Yeah, thank, yeah. thank you. Banner's coming soon. Um <laughs> My favorites, my favorite two stories of the year are Houston Tech, the Houston Texans, and their uh, Brazil, their uh, performance this year under the leadership of my new favorite NFL player, CJ Stroud. 
uh, really for a lot of reasons. But I'll just say quickly on CJ, I just really respect who he is as a man and who he is as a leader. I think uh, that young man is exactly what we need in the NFL. And frankly, so far the opposite of the next uh, team's quarterback I'm talking about. Uh, the Browns were a great surprise this year. Um, who knew that Deshaun Watson going down would be the best thing that ever happened to Cleveland in terms of allowing their great defense. And as I've said on this show before, the great coaching of Kevin Stefanski has come through yet again for the playoff berth, which I'm really, really feeling validated and excited about. And I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, playoff Joe can do here in his last hurrah. So those are the two stories that stick out to me this year. Yeah, the, the Browns have been a great story. I mean, Flacco coming in, coming off the couch to come in and win is, is great. Um, and, and to lead that team, um, we'll get to them more when we talk about their game versus the Texans. It's interesting you bring up those two teams. They'll square off. That'll be the first game we talk about in a second. Could have been a great segue, if not for me saying, with the, with the AFC, the other thing that jumped out was um, how uncompetitive uh, the AFC East was because the Patriots and Jets were so bad. Now, a lot of that had to do with the Rodgers injury and the Patriots quarterback and offensive situation, which we could talk about for hours. Um, but if you guys remember back in September, I really thought the AFC East was going to be really competitive. I thought it was going to be first and last place separated by, you know, two or three games at most. Um, so that jumped out to me. The other thing that jumped out was, like Kyle said, the Chiefs, at the beginning of the year, I said it was going to be the Chiefs. We all picked them to be the number one seed. Um, you know, and, and they did they did win last year despite not having a, a amazing roster. Um, but I think you really saw just how shallow that team was. They didn't have a lot of depth. Uh, which was uh, which was unfortunate um, for them, but in in terms of in terms of the rest of the AFC, you know, I look at the way the standings played out. Pittsburgh was able to hobble into the playoffs without a really a quarterback. I mean, Kenny Pickett just isn't that guy. Mason Rudolph is a you know going to be it's a nice backup, but he's not he's not going to win you any games. So I think I think their days are numbered. We'll get to that game later, um, but. Miami, I think they had a good story. I think they faded fast. Um, they were able to beat some good teams, um, but they also struggled against others. Uh, so, so at the end of the day, I mean, we're we're left with we're left with those matchups that we're going to talk about now. Over in the NFC, it was uh, equally as um, devastating for our for our egos. Um, how it came out to be was San Francisco was the number one overall seed. Uh, both of you guys uh, had them near the top, as did I. Only Cam had them as the number one. We talked a lot about quarterback play with San Francisco. They got sixteen, or excuse me, they got sixteen, seventeen games out of Brock Purdy, which is what they needed. Dallas was the two seed a lot. We were all high on Dallas. They ended up pulling out that division largely because Philadelphia faded fast. Detroit, kudos to Cam. They were number three seed. Tampa Bay shocked us all, won the division. I thought maybe they would make a run, 
but it was a lot of it was dependent on Baker and got to give credit to Mayfield. He had a good season enough to bring them to the playoffs. Number five was the Eagles. Number six was Kyle's LA Rams. And number seven was the Green Bay Packers. Now, following the same structure I told you all about, without trying to sound too monotone here, Cam excelled. He had San Francisco as his one and Detroit as his three. Both of those panned out exactly as he predicted. Um, He had Philadelphia as a two. He had Dallas as a five. Those ended up getting swapped. Much like the rest of us, he was wrong about the NFC South. Picked the, the underwhelming Saints. And then had the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants as part of his wild card. Neither one made the playoffs. Similar deal with me. I had Philadelphia and San Francisco as the one and two, respectively. They made the playoffs, but I the only seed I got correct was the Rams at six. I had Minnesota as a three and New Orleans as a four. I whiffed completely there. Um, and I had Detroit in, but only as a seven. Meanwhile, Kyle, I think Kyle took the biggest swings, but he also unfortunately had the biggest misses in the NFC. Uh he had he had Minnesota as his number one seed, and they they made they didn't make the playoffs. Now, in fairness, the Kirk Cousins injury probably had a lot to do with them not making the playoffs. We can have an argument on whether or not they would have been a number one overall seed. Regardless, that's sort of splitting hairs. Kyle had the rest of us, the rest of the same teams as us, um, but not in the uh, correct uh, seeding. The only one actually. The only other team, Kyle, that you chose that to make the playoffs that didn't was the Saints. But then again, we all did. So ultimately, we sort of all whiffed on the NFC. The biggest whiff came from Cam, who thought the Giants were going to make the playoffs. He was the only one to think that they instead have a top five pick, I believe. Um, that all said, was there anything that surprised you guys about the NFC? I'll start with you this time, Cam. Well, the NFC North comes to mind. Um, I'm really surprised that Green Bay did make the playoffs. I was not high on their roster uh, or their quarterback in any way. And they did in the new ex- in the expanded playoffs, they did enough to make it. So you have to give them credit there. They're going to be an interesting matchup for Dallas. And then Baker Mayfield, I'm sure that'll be a popular subject. And the Buccaneers. I mean, for me, in our discussions, they, they were the worst team in the division, in my opinion. And, Will, I know you were on them to be competitive. That division was wide open. But I was much higher on the Saints and the Falcons just based on roster talent. And it's a kudos really to really to their program down there. And uh, Baker and the entire really – the defense was solid enough. It's just a, They won some clutch games, just really surprising. Not what I expected at all. So those two teams yeah. and stories stick out for me. And they still – in fairness to them, they still have a lot of holdovers from those Super Bowl from that Super Bowl sure. winning team. Um, yes. And, and talent does go, even if they're aging, like Mike Evans is still Mike Evans, right? He's still better than anybody on anybody, any other receiver in that division, um, really. Uh, Kyle, anything about the NFC surprise you? Uh, did the Rams, now you had the Rams as I the seven. seven. They ended up being a six. Um, so did, did did your hometown team surprise you at all? They did. I mean, to an Luka. extent, I think they. I think they were surprised. 
the nation versus me. I mean, I kind of expect them to still make the playoffs, but compared to most people, they didn't. I mean, look at their super young studs, rookie. Actually, they had both rookies of the week from last week, defensive and offensively. So, and they have some pretty good upcoming talent, even if Sean McVay decides to retire soon. I think they've got a pretty bright future with young talent going forward. Like I said, bringing in the right coaching staff changes the culture. So, huge shock there for me for them to even make it. Um, but I'd also say the biggest upset so far is just watching how horrible the Eagles are playing with all the talent they have all the way around. I really thought they would throw the Cowboys around just from what we've seen the last few years, especially last year. I thought they would just run with at least the Niners, but apparently not. Yeah, I I remember saying a month ago on my show by myself that I didn't see a world where Philadelphia wasn't the number one overall seed. Now they're playing a road game in the wildcard weekend. That's crazy. Um, So they went from having a bye and home field advantage throughout to probably not making the the second – or sorry, the championship round. Even if they win, it's going to be hard pickings for them to go – you know, to Dallas or to San Francisco in the, the divisional round. Um, they probably expected that that trip to maybe happen at worst in the championship round. Um, so tough. it's tough for Philadelphia. I remember saying to you guys that the Jalen Hurts hype could wear off because a lot of people had him as a top three quarterback heading into the year. Even I had him as a top three quarterback heading into the year simply because of how strong he was last year in their Super Bowl berth, but it, it seemed to wear off and there seems to be people yelling at each other on the sideline. There's a lot of talent there. A lot of people want the ball. A lot of people want the credit. Um, and I think Sirianni has his work cut out for them if they're going to go down there uh, to Tampa and win because that place is pretty loud. Um, place is raucous. Uh, it's an underrated place. Uh, to play in the NFL is Raymond James, um, you know, with the cannons and the crowd and the open end on one side and all that. Um, it can it can get pretty hairy down there. So they have their work cut out for them now. Um, for me in the NFC, the only other thing I, I don't th- I don't think that got mentioned was that um, the Niners' health was something that everyone always talked about the last few years. You sure did. To my knowledge, they didn't have a major injury. Um, I can't no, think of one. No. Debo uh, missed they had some a, time. They had, like a two week span. they had like a two-week span when they had those like two back-to-back losses with like McCaffrey, That's Debo, right. and Prudy uh, were all hurt, and Trent Williams. So like that was their only like span of Kittle missed some time as well. Diesel, yeah, yeah, but 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 that was like yeah. a, only a two or three weeks period. And I do remember that. That was like the end of November. That was right around the time I thought that I didn't see a world where Philly didn't get the number one seed. But 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 credit to credit to San Francisco for taking care of business, um, and credit to Brock Purdy for meeting expectations. Um, given his meteoric rise last postseason. I'd say um, exceeding expectations. He's going to be a top five MPV candidate at the end of the year. I, yeah, I believe so. Highly Fair. exceeded in any, any world. He was MVP before that four interception performance against Baltimore. 
Uh, my, yeah, that was a tough one. He, he blew one. it, but he was. If you tell me, Mister Mister Relevant was in the MVP conversation as a favorite late season in a, in a team where the quarterback doesn't really need to be that good. As I've been on the Niners since this show began, I'm, I've been on the Niners to win a Super Bowl. That was incredible. So just a quick piece on that, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was incredible. But you know, yeah. we saw quarterback play really matter. And we saw surprising quarterback play really matter. Now, Purdy was, of course, part of that group, you know, but that kid from Cincinnati had them in the playoff mix to the bitter end. You had right. Pittsburgh make the playoffs despite having an, an inconsistent quarterback room. Uh, you had Baker exceed expectations in Tampa Bay, and you had. Uh, a situation where you didn't get the best out of Allen and Mahomes this year relative to expectations, but yet they're still two and three in the, in the conference at the end of the day. And and I guess that leads us to our first wildcard matchup, which is the Browns and the Texans sort of a story of two quarterbacks here, an aging guy versus a rookie. Um, what do you guys see in this game and who do you like? How about we go around and we'll say who we like and then we'll dissect the game. Kyle, who do you have in this game? I've got the Cleveland Browns in this one. Cam? Cleveland Browns as well. So I think I actually this is I'll show you. I'll show my work. That way I'm you know I'm not just like BSing you here. This is the only one I hadn't circled. Um <laughs> Because I thought we were starting at 7.30 and I was going to wait till the last minute. That said, I think I'm going to go with you guys. I'm going to go with the Browns. I, I think I think the poetic NFL is setting up where Joe Flacco gets to go to Baltimore uh, next week. And I think to do that, obviously, they have to win. Um, I think Houston is playing with a little bit of fool's gold a little bit, um, mostly because of they're another team that just absolutely exceeded expectations. I don't think Texans fans are going to be disappointed too much knowing that that's their future. Um, a lot, I mean, I think a lot of them would be lying to themselves and to us if they told us that they thought this was a playoff team at the beginning of the year. They're, they're certainly ahead of schedule. Um, so, so that's why I like the Browns. I think, I think they sort of ha- the Browns feel like a team of destiny. Do you guys agree? Agreed. Well, I just wanted to add real quick, uh, Will, and Diesel, I'm curious what you think as well. I feel like this is more about the incredible Cleveland defense than anything negative about Houston. I just feel rookie quarterbacks against a defense like that do not go well. And I just feel the way Cleveland's there, you talk about a team playing with fool's gold and playing motivated. And Joe Flacco has invigorated that building. Yeah. And and, and just changed the whole story about Think about the last 24 months for the Cleveland Browns. It's Deshaun this, Deshaun that, and lawsuit this, and is he going to play? All of a sudden, who's talking about that now? Nobody. All we're thinking about is a great story with a great man, a really talented group, in my opinion, a great coach, and they're about to go win a playoff game. So it's just more about their great defense and their really hot quarterback right now. That's nothing negative about CJ or the Texans, like Will said, they're way ahead. So yeah, and if we had an else? honest, if we had an honest MVP voting, I mean, Miles Garrett would be up there with McCaffrey and everybody else in the absolutely in the, because yes. Miles Garrett has been the X factor there, and now that he's able to keep his helmet on. Um, 
Kyle, uh, what do you, what do you think about what do you think about that assessment? Do you think it's a, if you think it's a defensive strength of Cleveland that's going to propel them in this game rather than maybe a clutch throw here or there from Flacco? Oh, I would say I say about like eighty percent would be the defense, um, just because their defense did have some hiccups throughout the season. But if they play top notch, there, there's literally no team that's going to be scoring on them at all, especially with a young quarterback like C.J. Stroud. They already saw on film, like, if you pl- pressure him enough, he's going to make mistakes and turn the ball over. So, scary team like that. I, I'm My full faith is in, plus Joe is hot. Plus, Joe has never lost an AFC wildcard game in his career. So, wow. that's – you can't go against Joe in this. And then at the end of this – Including the Patriots. Just want to put that out there, too. So – Okay, at the end of this, I'll tell you who my crazy fan prediction is for this year's Super Bowl if we get to it at the end. So, oh, go enjoy it. I can't wait. But that's cra- That's a crazy – as Dan Patrick would say, I think this is trademarked. So, I'm definitely <laughs> giving, uh, I'm definitely giving uh, props here. Uh, and this is not, my, sh- this is not my, uh, my term. He would call that stat of the day right there. And you hear <laughs> like – Stat of the day, stat of the day. And that is so true. Uh, wow. Never lost an AFC wild, play, wild card game. Uh, you beat the Patriots as one of them. Uh, yep. I'd be curious to look back and see what some, who some of those wins were. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Houston Texans were one of them way back in the day, uh, uh, considering those Matt Schaub teams uh, consistently made the playoffs. Um, all right. Speaking of teams that consistently make the playoffs, the Kansas City Chiefs right there um, hosting on Saturday night. I'm not going to be able to watch this game because contrary to popular belief, I don't have Peacock. So I'm a little bit frustrated about that. Um, It's going to be super cold in Kansas City and the Chiefs are hosting Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Um, I don't think in Miami it really ever drops below 60 in a year, Um, but Miami is going to go on the road and they're going to play in five degree weather. Um, at Arrowhead. Kyle, what Fun do you fact. think about this game? Who do you have um, in this game? I have the Chiefs because the Dolphins under five degree weather are 0 and 10. Just a fun fact. I love the I love the Fun fact. So my money's on the Chiefs, plus they're at home. I mean Tyreek's returning back to Arrowhead, but if the team can't play in the cold, like come on. This is playoff football and they're 0 10. Come on. They got they got nothing. I mean, the Chiefs don't look as good, but Mahomes know how, knows how to win, even in tough times. So my money is on the Chiefs right now. Cam. Yeah, I mean, if this was if the NFL was eight games, the Miami would be the world beaters, but I was high on Miami. They had a great start. They really have lost every big game, including for the division, as Will so kindly alluded to. This is Kansas City at home. You, you take the future Hall of Fame quarterback of Mahomes here. You know, even when even the years like when Brady, when the Patriots were not as sharp, they still found a way early on in the playoffs. Most of the time, they're going to win this. The Chiefs are going to win this game. There's not much to say about it. I I agree with all of that. As I'm writing down, I wanted to write this down so I didn't forget in a in a second here. Yeah, I mean they they have the experience factor. They have the weather factor and they, they are sort of, I, I'm going to like, you know, gag here. They are sort of like the new Patriots in that they look like they're, remember the 2018 Patriots, Kyle, you might want to mute me for a second. 
the 2018 Patriots, right? They look kind of like garbage in December and early January. And then suddenly they put it together. They still end up with a division lead and a buy and whatnot back when there were two buys. And then they go in and they, they kind of upset the apple cart uh, and kind of remind everybody that they're still the top dog. I would not rule that out with Kansas City because you have the Mahomes and Andy Reid X factor. That's another. And the other reason why beyond beyond all this is to me, the Dolphins have been a little bit of smoke and mirrors this year. Um, You know, know, the the Dolphins, I'm going to sound like Colin Cowherd right here. The the Dolphins are kind of like a Tesla. All right. You, you, You get a Tesla. You love your Tesla. It's amazing. It's sexy. You got people want to ride in the car with you and you're showing it off. But then like when crap hits the fan and it's cold or you got to charge it or, you know, it's run or you're going on a long trip. It's just not the same vehicle. And that's what that's what the Miami Dolphins are. That's what they are. You don't have to look that far. They lost a home game with the division on the line last week to the Bills. So. They they don't have history on their side right now, and at, at some point, Harry Potter down there is going to have to win a big game against a good <laughs> team, and he hasn't done it yet. Uh, he's beat he's been able to beat the Patriots. He's been able to uh, you know win win some win some games against bad teams. Like I think, and I think they even pulled off a win against Dallas. But he's going to have to win a hard game on the road, and he hasn't really done that ever. Speaking of hard games on the road. We have the Steelers visiting the Bills. That's a tough place to play in Wild Card Weekend. Um, what do you guys think about the Steelers' chances on the road? Do you have any ideas where they could possibly win this game, Cam? There's no. not a reality, in my opinion, where the Steelers are competitive in this game. Even with the Bills not being sharp, I just playoff time with shaky quarterback play. It doesn't go well. And they're on the road. They want this expanded playoff, which I'm not a fan of, as I've, as I've conv- said convincingly. I don't like the seven seeds in the playoffs. Whole different story. Pittsburgh shouldn't be in. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I, yeah, I, I hate the 17 playoff too, but that's a different topic for maybe. Sure a is. That's why I didn't go into it, but yeah. it's Buffalo all day. Kyle. I'm going to give Steelers a chance here. I'm not saying they're going to win, but if they had a shot, I'd say the only shot is Josh Allen giving them the ball. Um, depending on what Josh Allen we get, this could be a close game. Uh, I would okay, say I maybe they'd have a better shot if TJ Watt was playing, but he's out. So I'm sadly going to say the Steelers have no chance unless Josh Allen is feeling generous. This That's a good point. Yeah. And, and, and the Bills are – the Bills, much like the Dolphins – can unravel fast. Um, they don't have the X factor of experience that they think they do. The Chiefs have that. Um, and they could unravel pretty quickly in front of our eyes. But that would take a lot of things to happen. And let's, I'm just going to point this out. Um, I cannot... Okay. Obviously, three two years ago, the Bills absolutely leveled the Patriots in wildcard weekend. The Patriots were a beneficiary of the 17 playoff, right? Um, I don't think they were the seventh seed, but they were a sixth seed, and they were a beneficiary of of, of not having to play um, 
of, of you know of, of of getting in even though they weren't playing their best football at the end. So the Bills leveled us two years ago, but then the Bills got Skyler something, Skyler Thompson at home in Wildcard Weekend last year, and now they're going to get Mason Rudolph. I mean, the Bills yeah. are just getting the cupcake of all cupcake wildcard uh, matchups. Now, look, the Patriots, We in the playoffs, we've beaten Brock Osweiler in my lifetime, and we've beaten some pretty bad quarterbacks of our own. But the Bills are just going to sort of waltz their way, as, to Kyle's point, as long as they don't mess up. They're going to waltz their way into the matchup that I think everybody all wants in the matchup that I wrote down, which is Chiefs at Bills in Divisional Weekend. The Bills are going to end up with a second home game because they're going to waltz through this game, and then they're going to finally get the Chiefs at home in the playoffs. And that's going to be an interesting game uh, in divisional round because then it also sets up your Cleveland at Baltimore storybook game. So if we're looking at the AFC next week, it's very likely we see a Cleveland at Baltimore, great ratings there, and then you finally get the Chiefs-Bills rematch on the East Coast in Orchard Park. That's just my take. I'm with you guys, though. I don't see a world where the Bills bottle this without any sort of, um, you know, they're not going to lose the game 30 to 27. Let me tell you that. You know, if the Bills lose this game, it's going to be 10 to 6. And it's going to be because Josh Allen pees down his leg. Which is on a table. It's on the table. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. It's on, you know. It's, it's, not, it's a good point, people. It's on the table. Like, it is on four the table. picks is on the table, for sure. Yeah. And, and you know what else is on the table? And I'm going to throw this out here. Um, I, think, I think the other thing on the table is that the Bills randomly – put together a run and go to the Super Bowl. They, they are sort mm-hmm. of, in my opinion, they are the team with the lowest floor and the highest ceiling. I think, and I, the only other team I'd put in that, I'll, I'll, tee, I'll put the Rams in that category and I'll just tease that and I'll get to it later. Team with the lowest floor and the highest ceiling. Another team with, I think, a high ceiling is the Dallas Cowboys. And on Sunday afternoon at 4.30, they're going to host the Green Bay Packers. Now, none of us, I think, are big Packer guys. Who do you have in this game, Kyle? I 100% have the Cowboys. They've been pretty dominant at home. They do have a few disappointing losses at home, but it's it's their game to win. I don't see the Packers really having much of a chance in that energetic crowd coming in, unless, unless we have, like we talked about with um, Josh Allen, unless Dak decides, you know, to give the ball over to Green Bay, let them hang around a bit. That's about it. But Green Bay does have a solid defense too. So you can't count them out there. So we'll see what happens. I'm going with the Cowboys. Smart. Cam? Upset alert. This game is going to be close. Okay, Dallas Uh, is going to win this game. uh, I'm going to get that out of the way now. Dallas is going to win this football game. But this game is going to be competitive. It's going to be close. I think Mike McCarthy's coaching for his job in this game. If they lose this game, he's out against <laughs> Bill. <his whole> team. <laughs> Bill coming in. <laughs> All I know is, when whenever Dallas needs it, they choke. I think they have a great team. They're in Jerry's world. I think they're going to win this game. But everybody marking this as an easy win. This is not a Pittsburgh Buffalo situation, in my opinion. Jordan Love, those guys beat the Chiefs this year. They have looked like world beaters some weeks, 
and the Chicago Bears, New England Patriots other weeks. So again, you don't know what team you're going to get. I do think it's going to be a competitive one score game. It would not put me over the moon shocked if the Packers pulled this off. I would not advise anybody to bet on that. I don't think it's going to happen officially, but this game is going to be more competitive than people think. But I do have Dallas winning by a, by a touchdown. This is an incredible uniform game too, by the way, guys. Like the the Dallas uniforms, I think they're going to wear the whites probably at home, and then you're going to have the Green Bay and the green and yellow pants. That's going to that's a tremendous uniform matchup that's under matchup. in indoors with that dome and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's going to be nice. Um, okay. Uh, I, I'm picking the Cowboys too. So far, we're all unanimously in agreement, which isn't very fun, but this is how we have to do it. That's going to um, change soon. I promise you that. I, I, I think so too. I think so too. Um, okay. I, I am with you guys on Dallas winning. I think they are going to win this game because they are going to control the line of scrimmage. Green Bay has sort of skated through some of these games. But then, they, as you pointed out, Cam, they've also won some games that you probably would have chalked up as losses. But I think, much like they, much like the rest, they are sort of a merchant of the seventeen playoff. Uh, they are they are in this because you know Seattle and New Orleans and Atlanta and the litany of other teams that had an opportunity late in the year couldn't capitalize. So, I, so I'm with Dallas winning this game. I think Dallas wins this game going away in the fourth quarter. But I think it's really less to do with Dak Prescott being amazing and more to do with just them sort of kind of like the way they beat Tampa last year. Dak was mm-hmm. good, not great, but he was good enough to win get, win them the game. And I think I think CD will have a big game um, and he'll be he'll be another reason there might be one or two big plays to CD. Lamb, but I think this game is going to be one contrary to popular belief up front in the trenches, despite having two sort of acrobatic quarterbacks. All right, Kyle, I'm going to just yield this one to you here for this next matchup here. Rams at Lions, the Matt Stafford, uh, excuse me, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff revenge bowl. Um, do I need to ask or are you, are you picking the Rams? Of of course, you didn't even have to ask who I was going to pick. It's obvious going with LA all the way. It's, I'd say it's probably besides the Ravens and the Cleveland, probably in the NFC, it's probably one of the hottest teams going into the playoffs. All right, so why so why are they why are they going to win? They're just because oh, they're hot. Because they? they're hot, I don't know how you stop that offense. I think right now they're probably one of the best offenses out there in the league. I mean, I've top three next to the Niners and um, Baltimore, I would say, currently, with Puka, Cup, and Williams. How how do you stop that triple threat? It really comes down to Matthew Stafford having a bad day to really stop that offense. And he doesn't really have a lot of those. He's sort of like vanilla ice cream, you know? Like, he's not going to mess up your – he's not really going to mess up your game. He might not win you the game, and he might disappoint you, but it's he's he's not the guy to have three or four picks – now watch this is gonna happen and blow up in my face. I know you just you just talked into existence now it's gonna happen. But hey, if you're a Lions fan, you've got a home game, you bring back probably the best quarterback you've ever drafted to come play against you, and then whoever wins is a win win. Like Matthew Stafford goes on or the Lions go on. Like it's a win win for them. 
Uh, they they will not be happy. The Lions haven't hosted <laughs> a playoff game. Listen, I'm a Michigan man. That's baloney. That is not a win-win. Sorry, I can't contain it, Will. I can't contain so it. So I, I assume you have Detroit in this game. Oh, of course. Let me tell you something. As a, my, oh, my god, father's a Michigan man. I'm a Michigan man. Detroit, I thought you were a Florida man. Are you, are you whatever state is – Whatever state I'm is from Florida, uh, but my father's from Michigan. I'm a blue fan. We just won the national championship. Has there been a better week for Michigan football in the last 30 years? Oh my goodness. Everything's going so high right now. Detroit's going to be going forward on fourth downs. <laughs> you want to talk about a team playing with house money. They won their first ever division. Okay. Beat. They got over the green Bay and Minnesota demons. Okay. They fought through adversity when the NFL stole that game against the Cowboys and they had to continue to win a lot of heart in this pick. I think Detroit's going to win this game. Um, I, mostly because of just the coaching style of Dan Campbell, you know, he's got a set on him. I'll give him that. They're going to go for it every fourth and five. Okay. They're going to be all over. I think they're going to score a lot of points. I don't know how they're going to be stopped there. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be the loudest it's been in Detroit. I promise you. In the last 30 years, with a Lions home playoff game so, after oh, a Michigan national championship. No, no I, I like it. I like I'm the shaking, enthusiasm. I'm talking about it right now. I'm shaking. Talk. I cannot wait to watch this game. I have my. I want to say hi to my aunts and uncles who are going to be watching <laughs> this podcast out in, a, in Michigan right now. Go Lions! I, I, I can't no, wait. Look, Kyle. No <laughs> offense. I, I hope the Lions win. Them. I hope the Lions win. I really do. Uh, I hope they win. I want them to win. It's no a great story. Right They're a great team. They've had a great week there in the uh, Keystone State, I believe is what that's called. Um, but but here here is the here's the problem, Cam. Uh, all those reasons you laid out why Detroit could win are also the reasons why they could lose. Easily. So, so they have a lot of pressure. You say they don't have a lot of pressure. I think they do because – I think they know how big this game is. Number one, it's huge. Number number two, the Dan Campbell could lose them the game. All right, why is Dan Campbell we'll win it? What with how with how strong they were up front, without getting into the whole Dallas referee debacle? Why are you calling a tackle eligible play in that position? Your tackles are your best position group. Have them block, get in the end zone. All right, that is my problem with the Detroit Lions. They are sort of playing a little fast and loose. You know, they are, they're going to win you a lot of money at the table, but they also could lose you a lot of money at the table. So for that reason, I'm going with the Rams, mostly because of the Matt Stafford experience factor. He won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. He, he, he knows. I don't think the Rams have any pressure on them. Like I said a few minutes ago, they have the lowest ceiling, meaning they could lose, and I wouldn't be surprised. Or they have the highest ceiling, um, excuse me, the lowest floor, the highest ceiling. They have the highest ceiling where I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams win the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. So that that's sort of the gauntlet there. It has it, it's really to me, it's kind of like what you said about Houston and, and and Cleveland. It's less about really Detroit. I think Detroit's a good team. I think they've had a great year. I, I'm just worried a little bit with Detroit about the moment. The moment that's like that's gonna Ford Field is going to be the they're gonna be pretty tight if it's a fourth and three at the 41 yard line and they're down by five. 
You know, they're going to be pretty tight. And Jared Goff is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. Is he going to grip the ball a little bit too hard? Is he going to pull a Michael Penix and start overthrowing guys? Like there's a, there's a, there's a range of, um, there's a range of uh, out- outcomes there. So that's just my only heed to um, my friends over there. It could be game of the week, really. It could be a big game of the week. I think it is the best game. I, I agree. So I think it is the best game. It's a fun of the week. game. It's an emotional game. It's going to be, I cannot wait to watch. I think of all the games, I think it's the best game of the week. You have the storyline mm-hmm. that Kyle and I have talked about. I think that you and I have talked about separately. You have the setting. You have two good teams. Another great uniform matchup, really. I, I know a lot of people don't like the Rams uniforms. I like them. I think there's Sean. I like them too. I like them. So it's great uniform matchup, great quarterback matchup, good coach, very underrated coaching matchup, guys. Think about Dan Campbell and a boisterous, another against another sort of boisterous, but sort of lower key uh, Sean McVay. And one guy looks like he's prom king, and the other guy looks like he actually like played football in high school. So I mean, it's it's a great it's a great unit it's a great uniform matchup, great coaching matchup. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be my favorite of the week, and there's yeah, a reason why, guys. They put it on Sunday night at eight o'clock. Um, okay, so Monday at eight fifteen, we have Eagles at Buccaneers. Um, I'll give you my take on that at the end. What do you guys think? Uh, I have some thoughts, but I'll let I'll let Kyle go first since we had the big Cam spiel on Michigan. Oh man, this is a tough one. I've been going back and forth at it all week to think who's going to win this. I really think it's going to come down to the wire. This game, I really like. I really have no faith in the Eagles right now, but I also don't know how healthy uh, Baker Mayfield is right now. I know he's having some issues coming off of last week. They only scored nine points against the Panthers. Um, so I'm just a bit, I, like I said, I think it's going to be done to the wires. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to pull, just going to have a game winning drive to seal it up with Jake Elliott with a nice field goal at the end to send them on to the next round or to Dallas. What about you, Cam? I yeah, I mean, had- this game has potential to be really competitive. An underrated competitive game that the average person might think this game is going to be a blowout. I don't see that. I think Philly wins this football game. Um, just based off, they're more talented. You talk about line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Philly's offensive line is still really great. and the, the Even besides the brotherly shove. They can run the football pretty well, and they don't turn the ball over and make stupid plays. It would take a lot of bad things to happen and a lot of gaffes for them to lose this football game. I'm going to go with Philly to figure things out and get that date with Dallas. All right, I like it. I like you. I like the conviction. I like the. I like the uh, the facts that you both cited. <clears throat> Fire those cannons. Fire them. Keep firing those cannons. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this game. And and wow. uh, I think it's the only real upset of the week, to be honest. Um, we, and it's weird to call a home team winning an upset. Um, I don't think Browns beating Houston would be that big of an upset. I don't think the Rams going into Detroit would be that big of an upset. Uh, those are the other sort of road teams that we that we picked. We had the home teams and the rest, and I think the home teams are the favorites and the rest. Um, right now, 
Philly is favored by three points. All right. Um, but the Buccaneers are 11-5-1 against the spread this year. The Buccaneers have won a lot of games they shouldn't have won. Um, the Buccaneers, I mean, these guys, look, I know what it's like to lose Tom Brady as your quarterback. Buccaneers lose Brady. They think it's all over, that they got to start over. They get Baker in there. That general manager, Jason Light, says, no, we're going to get Baker Mayfield, who is a competent NFL quarterback. He's not great. He might not even be good, but he's above average. They get him in there with the rest of that roster. They win their division, albeit a bad one. And they get that, that, that gets them a home game. That gives them a chance. And as I said earlier, that's a hard place to play. That's a sneaky hard place to play. And, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their, their fans weren't expecting a, uh, Huge run this year, I don't think. Um, and I know fans don't win football games. Players do. But you look at that field. Excuse me. You look at that 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 team that's going to take the field. And there's still a lot of, as I mentioned, a lot of those Super Bowl win, winning guys on that team. Uh, Winfield. Um, and all the, the, the whole defense, really, is pretty much still intact. You know, minus a few guys here or there. You still have Mike Evans. Um Todd Bowles doesn't doesn't instill a ton of confidence in me as from a game management point of view, but the way Sirianni coached those games at the end of the year for Philly, I have questions about him now too. But but to me, it's it's more about it's more about Philadelphia in the moment. I think a couple of years ago, Philadelphia went into Tampa Bay. It was a different situation, right? It was Jalen Hurts' first full year as a starter. You're going in there. You're playing the Buccaneers. Um, Buccaneers ended up winning that game. Obviously, they had Brady. They were the defending champs and whatnot. This is a little bit different of a situation here. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. I, I, don't why, I don't know why my picture went away, but you guys can still hear me. That's all That's all that matters. But this is a little bit of a different situation. I know I'm going on a, a little bit about it, so I'll try and wrap it up. But the Buccaneers are are going into this game sort of in the similar way that the Eagles were a few years ago. It's the, excuse me, the Eagles are going into this game similar to the Buccaneers a few years ago in that, like, the Eagles are the defending champs, but they they have to play on the road. They're the defending conference champs, but they have to play on the road now. And they have to go back on the road. And a few years ago, it was it was like that, but but they were, they were the home, um, but Tampa was the home team. Now Tampa gets to be the home team with no expectations, what other home team is playing this weekend with like really no huge expectations? The Lions have huge expectations to make use of this great year. The Bills, they win their division. They know how important it is that they get this game at home. The Texans did expect to be there. Maybe you can make an argument about them. But I just think if you, if you, fire, if you fire those cannons directly, you might strike a bird in the air. And I think that's what's going to happen this week. I think I think I think they're going to be the upset. I think Philadelphia fans too were extremely cocky all year long. They were chirping all year long. Something about living in the Northeast, and I think you guys you guys can agree with this, especially Kyle, who grew up in Jersey. Those Eagles fans just come out of the woodwork, and they're extremely cocky. And for a team that was expected to just waltz in the Super Bowl and played like garbage the last six weeks, I, I am. 
I think they're in for some humble pie, and I guess I'll leave it at that. So fire those cannons. Keep firing them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win. Now, I don't think they're going to win next week, but if they <laughs> advance. But but I like them in wildcard weekend. I'll leave it at that. I like you, it. I, you, it's I like permeating. It. I know that was like a four-minute rant. Um, I like I like it. I mean, I'm, I don't – I can – I don't know. I, I like could, your thoughts. I, I could see it, but I, I don't know if I had, I don't know if they can beat all that talent though. I'll say this about Philadelphia in general. And I have a good friend who's from Philadelphia, so I can say this. <laughs> they are an extremely passionate fan base, but man, they're insufferable. And I know it's funny if a Boston fan saying that, but come on. Boy, God, I love their passion. I'd love to see them. I would love to yeah, see them. Yeah, I mean, look, they beat us in the Super Bowl, right? So they're gonna have that forever. All respect, Although, they, all respect they, to them. Yeah. They, they quickly forget that we also beat them in a Super Bowl. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll throw that out there. But, look, Philadelphia sports, all I'm saying, recent years, they haven't been able to handle the pressure. The Phillies have been really good, have failed. The 76ers have been really good, have failed. Their soccer team. I don't know about their soccer team. I'm not an MLS They're guy. They're 0-2 in the championship game in the last 10 years. Oh, see, it permeates all sports. They can lay up on Trey Young, so I won't go there again. But yeah, so uh, that's, yeah, that's all. There. That's all. Just Philadelphia is yeah. a little bit of humble pie. I mean, <laughs> I, just just they might be eating some humble pie. That's all. Cause they've we're, been, not getting, they've been we're not getting Christmas cards from that region, Will. So. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Hey, hey. Uh, no, <laughs> although if you're living in uh, Southwest Florida, I expect a Christmas card for picking the Tampa Buck Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> um, okay. And my Michigan people, come on! So, given given our picks here, do you do you have any different? We'll, we'll go around the room and we'll 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 close out the NFL talk with this, and then I have one NBA question for Cam before we wrap up shop. <laughs> Our 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 NFL uh, championship game weekend is going to look like what? I'm with you. Um, start with you, Kyle. NFL championship weekend will look like blank. Gosh, you want the teams right playing? Yeah. Obviously, okay. Sorry, that's tough. I got, I've got two. I've got two. I've got. I'm gonna start with the obvious one that I think everyone's probably gonna see: Ravens Niners. But as a true fan of my home team, I'm seeing myself. I want to see this happen. Browns, Rams is what I want. We're talking conference. Uh, yeah. Conference. What, yeah. Oh, sorry. I know. I was it Super Bowl? I wasn't clear. I wasn't clear. Who are the Who are the Ravens beating to get there, and who are the Rams beating to get there, or the Niners beating to get there, or whoever? Oh, okay. Your so final I, four. Final four. Okay. So I've got starting the AFC. I've got Ravens, Cleve or no, yeah, I got Ravens versus Bills. Okay. And then I would have it as the Niners versus the Cowboys. So you see the Bills beating the Chiefs, and then you see the Ravens beating the Browns. Yes, this is how I'm seeing okay. it. Okay. Yep. Not how I want it. This is how I see it realistically happening. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Cam, what about you? Well, Mr. Diesel, it's not obvious to me because the Cleveland Browns are going to go into Baltimore and beat 
Lamar and Baltimore because Lamar comes up smaller than mini me in the playoffs consistently. That will continue against hey, I'd, that incredible yeah, Cleveland I'd love defense. To see it. I think it's going to happen. Uh, I'm I'd very love to see confident. Joe versus Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl. That's what I, I, I want to see. Gonna happen. That's going to happen. The Bills will not beat. The Chiefs are going to win. AFC Championship game is going to be in Kansas City. It's going to be Kansas City and Cleveland. That's what I have there. Out in the NFC, we are going to have San Francisco is going to beat Philly to go to the NFC Championship game. And again, represent, baby, my Michigan people. The Detroit Lions are going to go and beat the Dallas Cowboys in Detroit. We're going to have... Well, it will be in Dallas because of that stupid call. Yep. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) We are going to have a NFC Championship weekend of my long-talked-about 49ers against the Lions. That's what I have there. All right. I'll give you you guys mine. So you have Lions at 49ers and and Browns at Chiefs, and Kyle has Ravens and Bills and Niners and Rams. No, Niners and Cowboys. Niners and Cowboys. Okay. So I have, obviously, based on my picks, the Buccaneers go to Dallas. I I like Dallas in that home game. And then the Rams go to San Francisco. I like San Francisco in that home game. So then you have Dallas at San Francisco. As I predicted at the beginning of the year, I'm going to stick to my guns there. Um, Over in the AFC, Cleveland at Baltimore. Guys, I'm with you as much as I'd love Lamar to lose. Uh, not because I don't like Lamar, but because I don't like the way the Ravens handled the Joe Flacco exit. I pointed this out before on this program. They did him dirty in his final game in Baltimore by not putting him in there when they were struggling against the Chargers. They let Lamar go in there and lose the game in his first ever playoff start. I think he's going to get, I think Lamar is going to win the game for them because there's too much talent on that team, Um, which I know is weird considering I just picked the Buccaneers to beat the Eagles, but work with me here. I think Baltimore wins that game. And then I think the Chiefs do it on the road in Buffalo. And then I think the Chiefs do it on the road in Baltimore because I'm going to stick to my guns from the beginning of the year. I have Chiefs and 49ers in the Super Bowl because that's what I called, and I'm a man of my word. And as long as that scenario is still on the table, which it is, I'm going to stick to it whether or not I get egg in my face. In terms of who wins the Super Bowl, I don't know. I I guess if you put a gun to my head. I have the same Super Bowl still. If you put if you put a uh, if you put a force on me, I would probably say the the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, just because that's what I said at the beginning of the year. San Francisco, I'd love for them to win the Super Bowl. That would be a great story. That would be great for uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan. So who is your Super Bowl win, Cam? I have the same matchup as you, just a different win. I have the 49ers still. I'm sticking right. with them. They're going to beat Detroit in the, uh, at home in the NFC Championship game, and they're going to they're gonna beat the Chiefs. If the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl really kind of by default almost, as we talked about. To me, it's a top dog till you're not, Patriots-style, yeah. Chiefs-wise. Too hard to pick against them. So I think the 49ers are – They have a huge habit of pulling games out of their rear ends in the playoffs. They have. In the last few years, they've done it. The only thing to look at this year is, as I've said before, Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. 
that will change this year if they if they are to make the Super Bowl. He'll have to win one. Uh, Kyle, what about your Super Bowl pick? I'd probably go with the Niners. Okay. Trust them better. All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens, guys. It will be a hell of a ride. Now, before we wrap up shop, I have just because I teased it. I was listening to the radio earlier this week. Who's going to win the MVP in the NBA, Cam? This one's easy. This one's not very fun this year. It's going to be Joel Embiid, unfortunately. Um, he's having no a Christmas really... cards in Philly for us. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. But I'm, I'm giving him respect. I mean, it's a two-man race. You know, my little investment on Jason Tatum in MVP is not really panning out. And not about Tatum team. being bad. It's just more about, again, Embiid and Jokic being on different levels. Those two guys are on different planets in terms of the best two NBA players right now. And the way Joel's stats are looking this year and Philly's being competitive, it's going to be Joel. There's really, it's not a fun debate this year, in my opinion. Kyle, who wins the NHL uh, hard trophy? Oh, that's tough this year. It's pretty wide open, I'd say, right now. Um, I honestly don't know. I thought that my pick was solid until Jack getting hurt. So. Yeah, you, he had Jack Hughes from the New Jersey Devils. Surprise, surprise. I had. Um, I think David Pasternak is going to win the heart. Um, I think he's going to continue scoring a boatload of goals, and it's going to become pretty obvious that the reason why the Bruins are le- winning their division is because he's left over on the team. Uh, he's been their sole and primary source of scoring. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Austin Matthews either. In the NBA, Jokic is who I'm going to go with. Um, I just... It, it, to me, the NBA is like if you are consensus best player in the league, which I think he is, then the writers yes. are going to go for you. You know, like yeah. the writers are going to go. The writers picked this award. That's sort of the hole in my Pasternak pick in the NHL. It's because the writers are going to look and they're going to say, eh, Connor McDavid had a pretty good year. Connor McDavid. <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of how that. This You're not goes. wrong. No, right. it's not. It's like the same thing with the NFL MVP, <laughs> right? We, I guess, we should finish with that. Like Lamar is going to win it because they're going to say quarterback. Shouldn't but be. It really, yeah. it really should be Christian McCaffrey. By really, a lot. Now, yes. Lamar's had a great year, and he's been his health, as we all pointed out in September, has been a huge X factor in why they are the number one seed and why they have a bye. Um, his health finally, it's no coincidence that his two full healthy years are the two years that he's in MVP contention and that his team is the number one seed in the in the in the conference. That's not a coincidence. So no disrespect to Lamar. I just think he it's not it's it's a quarterback award, so he's gonna win it and he will be deserving. But if you talk about like if you took this guy off the team, what would this team be? I mean, Christian McCaffrey has made all the difference because they went from a year and a half ago, a team that was good but not great, to a team that's like a Super Bowl favorite for years to come. Yeah, I mean, if I had a vote, my my top two would be my top two would be McCaffrey, but clear one and Brock Purdy two, and I put Lamar at three. That's my opinion. Yeah. It wow. won't go like that, but it's, yeah. it should be CMC. He's been healthy. He's been amazing in both the receiving game and the running game. By far the most, by far the best player in NFL this year. If you're yeah, looking in, at pound for pound, impactful player, it's not really close. In fairness to Lamar, he did sort of proved me wrong by staying on the field all year and having a great year and 
and rising above sort of the contract drama. Um, but, but, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think you could look at any of those guys and it would be a solid win. Kyle, what about you in the NFL MVP situation? It's going to be Lamar. I hate to say it, especially as, especially since Cooper Cup didn't win as a triple crown and only one other person has got it in their career and they were a former MVP. What was the last former MVP who wasn't a quarterback? Wasn't that AP? Adrian Peterson, yeah. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, and yeah. He, so it's just I, – I just don't get it to me, especially for – you have so many guys out there on the field. Just Miles make it, Garrett. Just, I mean, just make it – yeah, but – I know, they'll ne- they'll never give it the to The other trophies player. don't matter. Defensive player of the year, they don't get his recognition as an MVP. Like, yeah, come on. They're going to give C.J. Stroud the rookie of the year this year for offensive player. Instead, it should be – Puka Nakua. He should well, be. Well, isn't it per conference? So they both no, can win. it's for a pressure. Yeah, not for the rookie. I think it's all. Or Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's for. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to look conference? at that. I don't, I don't think so. I, don't know. I, know, well, I know the MVP award is league wide, but I thought the rookies of the year were per conference. I do not know. I think it is, actually. Anyway. It doesn't matter. We're splitting hairs. Those are all. Those are all good. Those are all good points made by you guys. I think anybody who wins the MVP will be deserving. I'm not saying Lamar wouldn't deserve it. I just think if I had to vote, I would vote for McCaffrey because um, of the all-purpose yards. But you can make the argument if you took Lamar off the Ravens, they would be in the garbage bin uh, this year, considering their injuries. Um, but they have a great coach, so who knows what that covers up? Anyway, it'll be a fun week of football ahead of us. Um, I look forward to seeing where we were right and where we were wrong. Um, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to us. And I appreciate you, Kyle and Cam, for coming on and doing this again with me this year. Uh, we will be back. Rest assured, fans, there will be plenty more sports to talk about. And you can catch us wherever you listen to podcasts and here on YouTube. Kyle, thank you. Cam, thank you. Until next time, you've been listening and watching Home Field Advantage. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Be sure to also check us out two times a week on those platforms, on Monday and on Thursday. All of the Sportland USA programs are independent and the opinions expressed in them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.